Israel is in a war, outside and inside, right? And first of all, we pray they should, do, they should do well. There should be peace in the land. Everything should be good. But for some reason, every year, uh, many times, many conflicts in Israel happened around the holiday of Shavuos. Shavuos is Sunday night, Monday and Tuesday. The most famous one is Six-Day War. Six-Day War was right a week before Shavuos and ended right two, a few days before Shavuot. And was a huge success, a huge uh, victory. But also, four years ago to the day, this coming Sunday, it will be four years to the day from 1981, when Israel bombed the nuclear reactor in Iraq. I'm sure. Iraq, Iraq. Oh, Iraq. Iraq. In Iran, it's still there. (laughs) That's a problem. In Iraq. Now, why they, what happened there? Saddam Hussein, at that time, he wanted to be the leader of the Middle East, the leader of the Arab world. For this, he needed something, uh, edge over Israel. To control Israel, they should be afraid of him. That's what make him the leader. And the whole Middle East, he knew what it will take will be nuclear power. Then he tried to get it from one country. Finally, France, they built for him the nuclear reactor. Israel tried to stop them. They didn't want to reform anything. Iraq paid them well, and they built a nuclear reactor for Iraq. And Israel tried to do many small things to delay it, but eventually they came to the conclusion that they must bomb it. There is no other way to get rid of it. And they started to plan how to do it. And it took a long time, the tra- training. And between, they got the F-16 jets. And it's interesting, it's a side note, how they got the F-16 jets. America was supposed to sell the F-16 jets to Iran mm. of the Shah. And, sure. the and then it was the revolution. And America was targeting with 50 jets. <laughs> then they didn't mind to sell it to Israel. Wow. I never knew it. That basically, from every bad thing, something good comes out. It was a revolution in Iran, but the good part is then Israel got a... And they, start, and, they, and they were very happy because with this jet, because the F-16 is so much better, and they can fly better. Everything was much better. And finally, they decided they had a few dates, one day, then another date that leaked. They changed the dates. Finally, Erev Shavuos, 1981, they sent them out. It's an hour and a half flight to Iraq. Eight planes flew out. Every one of them carried two bombs. Every bomb was one ton and they had to fly under the radar. It shouldn't be discovered. They flew there. They were very worried, and they maybe discovered they had to fly over a few countries. Jordan, I think, Saudi Arabia, and then Iraq. And, and they flew there in an hour and a half. Every jet dropped two bombs. They knew exactly where to drop it. They blew it up. The whole thing took a minute and a half, 90 seconds. And they turned around. And they came back to Israel without nothing. Nothing happened to them. You can imagine that the world was crazy about it. Everybody was angry. The whole world were, were, were against, against Israel. They, 
Everybody, the UN made resolutions against Israel. But this was an unbelievable miracle. Hussein, the king of Jordan, told later a story. He told to the Israelis, he was on his yacht. And he was a pilot. And he had experience in the in the Air Force. He saw, because they were flew so long, he saw them. And he said he understood right away what it is. And he reported it to his people in Jordan. For some reason, they didn't gave over. They didn't continue to let other nations know what's going on. And it was a man, a person, a Iraqi officer, sitting in Jordan, especially for this purpose. If there is something like this uh, information that they need to know about Israel and other things, they should get it. Nobody got the information. It was an unbelievable miracle. Nothing happened to them. America was also very angry with Israel that they didn't tell them in advance that they're going to do it. And not, especially that they used American planes. And there was a deal. The agreement is that they cannot use it without America, America's permission. And America was worried that Israel might use it for the wrong jobs. America had a special person in the Israeli Air Force, uh, in the, wherever the, the F-16 were parking. Somebody was there to watch, to make sure they don't do anything not supposed to do, and they had to do, and they had to do a training, and they did the training. The guy didn't understand what's going on without him knowing anything, and they did it anyway. <laughs> the State Department was very angry with, with Israel. They, they told Reagan, Reagan was the president, Ronald Reagan, and they told him, we want, we want you to punish Israel very strong. And he writes in his memoirs, I said, boys will always be boys. <laughs> That's what he said. The Israelis will be always Israelis. He officially punished them a little bit, but not, not really. It was, it was before an election. And, and after the election, Begin was elected again. They said that this helped to Begin's election. Shimon Peres was running on the other side. And he accused Begin that he did the whole bombing of the nuclear reactor to win the election. Begin was there insulted. Begin said in front of thousands of people, you guys know me for Terry for four years. I will send Jewish boys to risk of life and death for elections. That's what you tell me? You're insulting me? That that's how you know me? You know me for so many years. That's what I do. Ten years later, in 1991, Dick Cheney, who was then sec uh, Secretary of Defense, sent to the ambassador of, of, of Israel in the U.S. a picture of the... Um, a picture uh, from, from, from the year of, of the bombed nuclear reactor to the Israeli, and he wrote underneath the picture with appreciation for doing our job much easier <laughs> because it was during Persian Gulf War. It was like 10 years later, it was the Persian Gulf War. And it, thank God that you bombed the, the nuclear reactor. If not, it would be much, much harder to, to fight uh, Saddam Hussein. Right. Then it was a miracle. Unbelievable, and that was right before Shavuos, Erev Shavuos, the day of Shavu, before, before the holiday of Shavuos. Like, and it was the same like this year, Sunday, was, Sunday night of Shavuos, Sunday morning, Sunday day they did it. Now, the Torah was given at Mount Sinai. So this is why you say, in three days it'll be over. It'll be over, it'll be over. <laughs> I can tell you that it'll be over. It'll probably, they, they do it now because they know that the world is not going to tolerate for too long and so on. You're right, you're absolutely right. And 
we, the part of this week is Bamidbar. We're starting a new book from the five books of Moses, number four, Numbers. In Hebrew, it's called Bamidbar. The first line of the, in the Torah of this parsha, of this book, starts, and the God spoke to the, to the Jews, to Moses, at, at, the, at the Sinai Desert. The desert is called Sinai Desert. The mountain is called Sinai Mountain, right? Mm-hmm. Mount Sinai. Then the Talmud has a discussion. Why it's called Mount Sinai? The mountain and the desert has a few names. Why Sinai? What is in the word Sinai exactly? That one opinion says, you know it's called Sinai? Because in the word Sinai, there is, if you flip the letters, at the word Ness. Ness in Hebrew means miracles. It's the mountain that brought miracles to the Jewish people. It's the Sinai desert that many miracles took place. The manna, the clouds of glory, the water, was constant miracles. That's why it's called the Mount Sinai and the, the, desert, the Sinai desert because miracles took place. A second explanation is Sinai is a similar word to the word Simantov. You know, Simantov, Mazeltov, Simantov means a good omen. What's a good omen? Good things will happen to you. What's a good omen? A good omen. Uh, it's a sign. Sign. It's a sign. signs of good... Uh, good things that yeah. happen to you. That's exactly Simantov. Uh, Siman means a good sign. Then there are another, the other rabbi said, you know why it's called Sinai? It's called the word Sina. Sina means hate. Hmm. The day we got the Torah at Mount Sinai, hate came down on Pandijus. Antisemitism was created, so to speak. Together with the Torah... We got the antagonism. That's what people are antagonize us on who don't like the Jews. Why? I'll tell you. Because the Torah makes a person is a set of moral law, moral laws. Do not murder, do not steal, do not commit adultery. Do this, be nice to your kind to your friend, visit the sick, bury the dead, care for others. Be honest. Do what God wants. All sets. Then the Torah made us better people. Elevated us. Made us closer to God. Now, when another person, the, the, all, the nations of the world did not want to accept it. They didn't want to live by these morals. By this code of law. They said, do you want to do just, you want to live with it? Go ahead. We don't, we, we don't, we are not interested in this. Now, when you see, when you meet a person who behaves better than you, who is more moral than you, or nicer than you. Yeah, there are two reactions. Yeah. Well, if I'm an humble person and, I, and, and a nice guy, I said, you know what? I wish I would be like him. And I try, but at least I cannot, I cannot find my strength, myself to be strong enough. I respect him. Look, he lives the higher moral standard. I admire him. These people are called righteous Gentiles. <laughs> but many people... And there is somebody more moral than me, and I cannot handle it. He's, he's unmasking me. I feel uncomfortable in front of people who are more moral than me because it makes me feel worse. You have to bring him down. I have to bring him down. Exactly. No, there is a story about two boys. Later, the younger was taller than the older. Then the older told them, go. He digged him a little hole. He told him, stand inside. He says, you see, I'm, the, I'm taller than you. Their father, who was a Chabad Rebbe, passed by. He turned to the older one. He told him, if you want to be taller than your brother, don't dig a hole for him. 
put make make you make the ground make a little hill and you climb on the hill. And that's really the whole story. Do we dig a hole for the other, or we or we make or we climb a little higher? And that's what makes people. That's that's where antisemitism comes from. And therefore, it's not because you know today the excuse is Israel, tomorrow will be another excuse. Two days ago, two years ago was an, was a, uh, the excuse will come and go. The antisemitic feelings will stay. Not everybody, but there is some people who have the, who have this problem. Now there is another meaning to hate that came down to the world. The hate of us, we got a hate to the worldly things. When you learn Torah, you become the world. Worldly things are not important to you anymore. You know, naturally, people want money. They want things. They want. They want a yacht, and I want this, and I want a plane. And I, wa- I want, and I want, and I want. You learn Torah. You're being a little elevated. You don't need any more of these things. You need it less. You actually become, you, to a point you almost resent it, little by little. A person learns Torah once a week. He walks away from the Torah class. He's a little elevated. He's a little uplift. What does this makes the problems of life? It, change, it takes away from the problems of life. No, but he handles them better. He doesn't get stressed so much. The anxiety level is a little lower. He doesn't think that the world is falling apart. He doesn't get worried about the yeah mask, no mask. Is it kosher? Is it not? He takes it all in perspective. The Torah gave us the gift that the world should not affect us so much. It should be a little higher, above the water. Shavuos is Monday. We read the Ten Commandments. Now the Rabbi said to bring children to hear the Ten Commandments. Why? Because God gave us the Torah and Shavuos. And when he, before he gave us the Torah, he asked for guarantors. He asked from the Jewish people, what, what do you guarantee that this will continue? I'm giving you a gift, the Torah. The 613 commandments, the Ten Commandments, then the whole around it, the written Torah, the oral tradition, everything. The Bible, everything. That the Jewish people said, our prophets will be the guarantors. God said, no, I don't need the prophets, so should learn for you. The elders, the rabbis said, no. Finally, they said, the kids, we will teach the kids and we'll make sure they continue. Says because of it, if you promise me you'll teach, teach the kids, I will give you the Torah. Then we need the guarantors to come to the event. Every year on Shavuot, we're reenacting Mount Sinai. It's Mount Sinai all over again. Then we want them to be there, to be standing, to be witnessing to the reformation of Mount Sinai once again, every year. And when we bring the kids, we raise the kids the right way, we will deserve the explanation of Sinai, that Sinai comes to the word miracles, ness. Sinai is an, another meaning, it was miracles. And that's maybe, that's why every war that happened around Shavuos was a huge miracle. If it's six day war, if it's, if it's the nuclear, uh, the bombing nuclear reactor. And now too, we will get miracle, Hashem will help us. And it's going to be over soon and with great miracles because really they already throw maybe, maybe a thousand missiles on Israel. It's crazy. A few people got killed, but one lady, one old person was, died because he was running to the shelter, things like this. It's very sad for every soul that died, but in general, there's big miracles, and I believe that after this war, it's going to be quiet in Israel for a while. God willing.